Through the Psalms, episode 10. Hello and welcome to the Ignite Youth Podcast here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name's Julie Adams, and I've got I'm here with our youth pa- I've I've got you here. Yep, no. I'm here. Locked in and ready to go. <laughs> he is trapped until he has recorded the podcast. Yes. Welcome, Pastor Wes. How are you? Uh, excellent. And yourself? I'm doing good. <laughs> got some like weird energy because of this this morning has flown by and trying to get everything in and just I know yeah. we record these during the week um to go out sometimes we record several weeks in advance yep. or a little bit of time in advance and we are a day in advance yeah we are <laughs> sometimes it's longer but this week you know we as, Christmas, as Christmas yeah. draws nigh we uh you know it's a busy season it for is, everybody yeah. and it's kind of a wild around here sometimes so yes yes it is especially well everyone's everyone's doing something yeah um like renee has the young adults trevor's got the missions ministry stuff ann's got well she just had the christmas choir and everything Mm -hmm. extra worship you're recording all the other podcasts and everything that goes on women's ministry events Mm -hmm. like i got the youth events brian's got your life group events like yeah yeah. Plus, you know, something. over Christmas, it's nice if we're able to, uh, like most people, spend a few extra days with our family. Yes. Yeah. And so I know many of us are trying to preload our yeah. preload our months so that we can enjoy some. Yeah. Well, I know, like, time off. for me, I go on vacation, 15, 16, 17th. Yep. Like next week. Yeah. And so I'm trying to load soon. in everything Woo. and trying to get everything. You go on vacation over Christmas yeah. break as well. Yep. Um, where are you guys time going? with our family. Um, we are visiting my uncle in Savannah, Georgia. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's going to be nice. A little yeah. warmer weather. Yeah. And we've got friends in Florida too that we're going to My vacation is at visit. a cottage up north. Ooh la la. Mm-hmm. Bring your skis. No. Okay. <laughs> Not a skier. Not scared. <laughs> I've taken Carrie skiing before. It did not go well. Oh, for you she or got, Carrie? She got hurt. Aww. She, what did she do? She did something to her leg. Like she like tore her like hamstring. Ooh, it was bad. Ooh. It was very, very purple and very not okay. That yeah. sounds awful. Mm-hmm. We enjoy skiing, our family. It's first time she, I ever took her skiing. We never have gone back. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope, not happening. We are not doing that again. Other than that. Um, wow, gotta take a lesson, Wes. Yeah. Need a lesson I know there. how to ski. Oh, okay. I know how to. I know how to snowboard as well. Ah. Um, but I tried to snowboard. That did not go I well. It. I like it. I like it it's a lot. Uh, yeah. No, I went once and I, I took a lesson, but I fell so many times. But, you know, naturally, you put your hands down, right? Yep. And I fell and I fell and I fell and I fell. And then You're... the last time down, I tried one more time and I fell. And so we're heading out to the vehicle. And I said to, to my husband, I'm just going to go and see if they've got like a Ziploc bag at first aid because I'd like to just ice my wrist. It was feeling just, it was feeling uh, Mm -hmm. dented. Yeah. So anyway, he said, okay, I'll I'll meet you at the vehicle. And so he took like, he took my snowboard and his snowboard and I went into first aid and I was like, hey, I'm just wondering if like, can I just have a Ziploc bag and grab some snow even for my wrist? And they're like, what happened? And I said, oh, it's like my first time snowboarding and I just fell a bunch of times and, you know, put my hands down on my wrist. So anyway, this very eager gentleman in first aid, he wanted to like examine my wrist. So he's doing like this full exam. He's, you know, checking it all out and he's like, 
okay, I'm going to recommend you go directly to the ER for a series of x-rays and take some Tylenol and stuff like that. I don't know how long I was really? in here, but the, here's the funny part. So he fashions me a sling out of cardboard and like this like piece of like what? thin fabric. What, what would you call like thin fabric? So yeah. he fashions me this like whole arm sling. So my whole like elbow to hand is immobilized in this sling. And he's like... I'm going to walk you out to your vehicle to make sure you're okay. He was like old enough to be my father. So he was being very like fatherly yep. to me. Okay. So anyway, we get out to the vehicle. And what do you think Tom's doing? He's like out cold in the front seat. He's like dead asleep with the seat back. So the guy, of course, he was like not really too happy about that. So he knocks on the window and Tom's like, oh, oh. <laughs> and so Tom rolls down the window. He's like, oh man. And like, I'm sorry I dozed off. <laughs> And he's like, is everything okay? Because he sees me in a sling and he he didn't think it was that serious. And of course it wasn't. And so this first aid guy's like, sir, you need to take your wife directly to the ER for medication. And she needs x-rays and a complete exam from a doctor and stuff like that. And Tom's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So I get in the vehicle and he's like, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know. Can we just go home? At that point, you're just like, I don't want to be here anymore. I was like, I just want to go home. I want to go to bed. I'm tired. So we went home, and the next day it was fine. I did ice it. It was was just a bit tender. There was no. Anyway, so that's my snowboarding story. And I don't think I ever snowboarded again. (laughs) I'm much better at skiing. Okay. (laughs) We should get into our lesson. Oh, I'm sorry. About what we were talking about. Sorry, Wes. Because we could probably talk about nonsense the whole time. So, um, as we are continuing, we're in this penultimate. I what? like you, the second last. Oh. Penultimate. I like using that word. Do you watch The Amazing Race? No. Oh, okay. They were using that in The Amazing Race. Oh, I thought okay. maybe that's how. No, no. Okay. I just like the word. But we are in the penultimate of our uh, Psalm, Through the Psalms series. We're looking at Psalm 139 mm-hmm. today. Um, and it's a pretty well-known song. Yes. I would say Psalm 139 is very known. Um, I actually used it in my sermon, mm-hmm. uh, just about um, how God is transcendent. Um, and so it's it's well-known. I think it's something that a lot of people have either quoted or have known. David um, actually writes this psalm, um, and it's not just about praise. Um, he's praising you know, the heart of God. He's praising his creator, praying of God actually knows him so well. And I hope um, through this uh, podcast and through this psalm, um, that we get a greater picture of who God is, his heart, and how we are able to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's a very long passage, and we're going to break it up into three different parts. Um, and we're just talking going to talk about the key takeaways to get from it. Um, and the psalm is a window of who God is into David's heart and to know him and to follow him. So I'm going to read it, um, just the first little section that we're going to go through. Um, and it's kind of emphasize what David intended it to be um, on God. Mm-hmm. So this is on 139, verse 1 is where we're going to start. And it says this. <clears throat> Sorry. Verse 1 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit, when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in from, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. 
If I rise on the wings of the dawn, and if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So in this passage, we're able to see a window of kind of who God is. Mm-hmm. God is present. That's the main focus. God is present everywhere, and there's not a corner in reality of our universe that God is not there. Um no one is hidden from God. That like God is actually able to see. Um, heaven isn't too high and death isn't too low. That's essentially what they're mm. saying. God is everywhere, 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 everywhere. So others during um, this time often thought that their gods were hostile. They were indifferent. They didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought that they were out to get them or very, very distant. That's what a lot of people thought. But David knew that that. God cared enough to have searched and to know each man and woman. He knows everything. And not just everything, he knows everything about us as well. Mm-hmm. So God, like David was writing how God actually is very present, very close to us, which is very opposite to what people really would have thought of a deity in this time. Mm-hmm. And so human knowledge is accumulated with hard work, lots of studying, but God's knowledge is instantaneous. He just knows which is, it's, it's hard for us to kind of wrap our heads around, um, which is why I use this passage talking about God's transcendence, how he actually transcends knowledge. God is omniscient. He knows all things. Um, and so you can't tell him something that he doesn't already know, which is mm. really interesting. It's like the it saying, is there is nothing new under the sun. Yeah. It bothers me that that's the thing, but it, people say it all the time. <laughs> I remember my, my Bible college professor said, you will never have a new idea about scripture because it has already always already been thought. And I was like, whoa, oh. that's interesting. Yeah. I disagree with that. But Oh, how come? Because I think that God can speak through people and bring interpretations. to like you, Everyone will have a different interpretation of scripture. And I think that there will always be new ideas or new things and new discoveries that we find within scripture because I think it is living and breathing in our world. Um, hmm. And if it's living and breathing, that implies that it, yeah. Yeah, you can get something new from it. You can you can understand it's something. it's growing, growing maybe or developing or maybe. I think we're growing from it. Yes, yeah, um, that's what I was trying to and say. And so I think we'll, we'll always be able to dive deeper and to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... Hmm. God's knowledge is instantaneous. He just knows um, even the useless stuff he knows, like the everyday mundane things like sitting, standing. He knows and sees everything that we do, every thought we have, every word that we speak, even before we speak it. David understood that God knew him better than we actually know ourselves. That God knew us so much so that even we struggle to understand ourselves. But God's like, no, I know you completely. And that he sees everything we do. There is nowhere we can go to hide from God. There is nothing we can do that God cannot see. Now, I'm sure we're probably thinking, and we've all had these thoughts before, it's kind of a little creepy. <laughs> like, I don't want God seeing everything no. that I do. <coughs> but it is true that God sees everything that we do. And it can be really uncomfortable to know that you are always being watched. Yeah. We may get nervous if we see video cameras monitoring us. Like, if you go into us, let's be honest. Yes. We all do this. Oh, when yeah. we go into a store yep. and the, and you see the TV screen and yep. it shows you and you're like, hi, <laughs> like you just wave at it or like your kid, like, like I, I did this oh, as a yeah. kid, just looks in and is like, I got to do something now that I'm on the screen. Like, yes. You have to do something. Yes. 
But we, the fact is that God actually sees us. God knows us. Um, we feel uneasy sometimes, I think, because we, because we think that it's just, it's uncomfortable to be watched. We don't like being yeah. studied or watched. Well, I don't, I don't know that... I mean, certainly if you were giving a sermon or if someone mm-hmm. were singing, you would yeah. want people to yep. observe that. Like, that's the point of yeah. it. Yeah, but I think there's something. But yeah. I don't think it's that we don't want to be watched. I think that we don't want some things to be watched. Yes. We, it's a performative thing, yeah. right? We want to be watched when we want to be watched and not when we don't. Yeah, because maybe we feel uncomfortable knowing that God sees everything because there's some things in our lives that we know we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And so maybe those things, like I, a personal story of mine, like, so when I worked at Little Caesars, mm-hmm. um, we were allowed to create anything we wanted during our shifts. Oh. You could you could make anything kind of pizza you want. It was your food, like, especially because people worked through dinner or lunch or yeah. things. You could, they were fine if you made. If you wanted to take things home, then you had to pay for it, which was a really weird rule. It didn't yeah. make sense. But I had these two coworkers right at the start, um, and I didn't know how to do cashier. I was only trained on ovens and making pizza. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And But on closing shifts, these two coworkers always ended up going just to the back room and just hanging out, not mm-hmm. caring. So like, no one's going to come in past like 10 o'clock. Right. People would come in. I'd be like, hey, there's people here. But they would just sit back there and not do anything for like two, three hours. Yeah. And so I thought it was wrong. Like, I thought like, there's cameras that like show that you're there. Yeah. Like, like guys, you should try and do some work. And they kept telling me off like, no, we're not going to do work. Like go just do ovens or d- yeah. take calls that come in or other things like that. And so I did and I did and I did and I didn't rat them out, but eventually our boss caught on to what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. And so one of them actually ended up getting fired because of this, because they just kept sitting and not doing anything. Yeah. And so, but this person's story, what I'm trying to get at is how, when we know we shouldn't we shouldn't be doing something, but we do it anyways. I think there are there's there's a reason we know we shouldn't be doing it because we know that it's wrong. We know that it's not okay. Yeah. Sometimes it takes someone from the outside to tell us like, hey, I I don't think that's right. Yeah. Sometimes we feel it internally. We're like, yeah, that wasn't a smart move. That wasn't okay. Yeah, and that's something that's really important. But the thing is, the fact that God actually knows everything. Um, everything about us, the good, the bad, he's, he still chooses to love us. And that's what's, that's what's really important. Mm-hmm. That we can never be separated or escape from his love. Romans 8, 38 says, nothing mm. can separate us from the love of God. Yeah. That to me is mind-blowing. And that's more important than knowing that that's God more important. is watching us. Yes. Or, you know. Because even when we mess up, even when we do things we know we shouldn't, God still has that love for us. Like it's that yeah. love is still coming for us no matter what. It's still mm-hmm. filling us up because God still chooses even when we're sinful, even when we mess up, even when we're hurtful to others to still show us love. Yeah. And that's something that is just, to me, it's mind blowing because I don't, yeah. it's something we don't deserve. It's something we don't. Well, we, we can't, and we can't, we can't earn it. We can't. we can't do, yeah. we can't do or behave our way into being loved by God. No. He just loves us. Yeah. Which, without that i know yeah this is this is point two god created us and loves us and we're going to read from verse 13 to 18 through this this is verse 13 for you created my inmost being you knitted me together in my mother's womb 
I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake, when I awake, I am still with you. So David is getting into this idea and to this point that God not only knows us, not only that he loves us, but he created and formed us. Even in our mother's wombs, he created and formed us, which is such a, it's hard to under, hard to captivate, hard to understand. Yeah. Just that God like knitted us together, that he he mm-hmm. knows our inmost being, that he he truly desi- like designed us, that he he made us the way we are for a purpose and for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's something I, I smile at and I I, I, I love mm. to hear because to know that God created me to be me, that's something that I'm like, you you designed me the way I am for a reason. Yeah. And that I can find comfort in that, I can find grace and love and compassion in that because i have adhd mm-hmm. i sometimes hate my adhd I'm like God, why adhd but at the same time there's times in my life where it has been a blessing it has been awesome it has been yeah. great and the fact is i wouldn't change it yeah because i know that god knitted me together he formed me he made me who i am for the purpose of doing what i do mm-hmm. for the purpose of being the person i am and so I think there's something beauty. There's something good there. Um, and I want to give an illustration for this. So have you ever seen an invention that has no purpose? I mean, I've seen some that <laughs> seem pretty useless to me or that I would be like, yeah. why would anybody want that? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? Like, I can tell you an example. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So you can buy pieces of stainless steel called stainless steel soap and if your hands smell like garlic or onions you rub it on this piece of stainless steel okay and it helps take the smell off okay well i'm just gonna say that you probably already have a lot of stainless steel in your kitchen by way of like spoons and yep. other things yeah so i don't know that you actually need a lump of this <laughs> laying around on your counter when you have like drawers full of it right so there's my example but People don't create things without purpose. Everything that is created has a purpose, correct? Yeah. To the person that creates it, at least. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. Got yeah. it. And ding, so, ding, ding. <laughs> like a rolling pin, for example. Yeah. Um, the purpose is to roll out dough. Yes. Um, now, what if someone who has never seen a rolling pin before asks, you know, what is the purpose of this and decides to use it as a baseball bat? Ooh. Which, to be fair, as kids, you got a rolling pin. First thought is, I could hit something with this. Oh, man. At least that was mine when I had a rolling pin. I have like a nice marble rolling <clears throat> pin. So I, I would not want to crack <clears throat> anybody over the head with that. That would hurt. But I, okay, well, we're just talking about baseball. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> baseball. So, baseball, after a while of using it, it will, it will break. It's not the yeah. purpose. That's not the reason it was made. Um, I think we treat our lives a lot like this, where we where because we don't exactly know who we are, what we're actually called to be, what our purpose is, because that's the human, that's the existential human question that has been asked throughout history. What is our purpose? 
what is what, my purpose? What is the meaning of life? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been asked throughout history. This is not a new age thing of like 2023, we finally discovered that we need to search for our purpose. No, this has been searched for from the dawn of Adam and Eve, like mm-hmm. not wanting to know what the purpose is. And the thing is, we try to have it where we where especially in our society, we try to make it look like we have it all together. Mm-hmm. That life is going great. There's nothing wrong. We try to be happy. We want to, you know, be full. And just, that's what we strive for. That's what we think that our purpose is. But because of this, all the times we feel empty on the inside. Mm-hmm. We put on these masks to say, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. We strive to be busy. That's our purpose. We're meant to yeah. fill things. It's like, I, I think uh, some people's goals is to fill their calendar so much that it's like, I have so much going on. This is wonderful. This is great. Mm. I'm never alone. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, we struggle to be alone because then what what do we actually do? What do we actually, what can we do? And so sometimes we struggle being with ourselves because sometimes we don't actually like mm-hmm. the inner thoughts that come or the, the just being by ourselves. Um, but the thing is, God actually creates us for a purpose. And God, the thing is, God designed us a certain way out of love, out of compassion, not out of out of pity or out of like shame or anything like that. But he, he designed us out of love and compassion for who we actually are. Mm-hmm. And yes, we have struggles. Mm-hmm. Some people have mental health. Some people have um, diseases. Some people are born with all different things. Yeah. And that's not saying if you have one of those that God just designed you that way because he wanted to but Mm -hmm. he did it out of love and compassion because he knew the people you could reach he knew the experience that you would have because he knew that you could take it like he like he knew that you could take he knew that you would be able to like i had a guy i worked with at the ymca in guelph his name was john Mm -hmm. um john uh has his whole life he has been in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. all he's been in a wheelchair um He's able to drive, though, because there's custom, like, cars that you can drive where you control things with the uh, right. uh, hand Right, on the pedals. steering wheel, yeah. yeah. But we had a conversation one day where he was like, I don't, like, Wes, I know you're Christian, but I don't understand why. Because, like, you say God is love and compassionate, but look, like, look at me. Huh. Yeah. And I was like, oh, John, like, I still think God is love and compassionate, even with you. And he said, but he, look how he created me. I said, John, how many people do you know, though, have touched and, like, have experienced life with? Where that didn't matter. He went, well, a lot of people. And I was like, but this thing, it's like, see, like, living this out with God, living out this faith and this journey, it shouldn't matter what we look like. It shouldn't matter how we, you know, are able to go about our days. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is, is that we're able to actually spend it with God, and actually be able to talk with people and go through life with people and actually be able to experience God's love that way. Like, there's a pastor. Um, I know he's also a motivational speaker. Um, but he's only a torso and a head. Yes, I know. I'm sure I know you've seen him you on mean. the internet. Yep. Um, yep. But the love and compassion he speaks about with God, even though his condition mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. I think it's motivational because it should fill us with this sense of that man who probably has so many challenges that he must go through daily, oh, yeah. like every minute still speaks to this love and this compassion, this God who is there with us, who is present with us, who knows us, who knitted us in our mother's mm-hmm. womb. Mm-hmm. I think that that to me is something that we need to understand, we need to know. 
And so the third point I have um, is knowing this, David's size of God. So knowing uh, this purpose and all these things, that David actually humbles himself and asks God to take control. He realizes how amazing God is and life is not about himself. And so we're going to read through verse 19 to 24. Um, and this is what it says. Verse 19 starts off with saying, If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are both thirsty. Which is kind of heavy. It's, it's kind of like, where is this coming from? Yeah. It's like he switched. Yeah, he switched switch. gears. He switched yeah. gears. <laughs> and in verse 20, it says, They speak um, of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, or abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense, offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so this is heavy and it's really easy to get lost, um, especially in the wording. And I feel like sometimes we even feel like, David, where where were you going with this part? Like, Yeah, and how did jump. you get there? Yeah. yeah, it's like when you're reading like a short story or an essay of someone and you're just like, this third paragraph don't make sense. Yeah. Like, where did you get this idea from? And it's like, oh, it just kind of came. To yeah. But it may be a bit extreme, but we do this to our friends sometimes. Mm-hmm. What David is saying, we do this to our friends sometimes. If a friend acts out in a certain way, we're like, I despise what they do and I, I don't agree with what they're saying. But what David is also saying here is, God, I am on your side. Mm. That is what he's. That is what he is announcing here. Oh. God, I am on your side. I despise those who go against you. You know, he speaks of people who misuse God's name, who are, you know, who are wicked and who are bloodthirsty and he are in rebellion. And he says, God, I am against those and I'm on your side. And he actually challenges. He does something very bold, which if you're feeling bold, go for it. (laughs) But he says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. That's like... He's putting like, he's, yeah. he's airing out the claws and be like, God, show me like, what am I, what am I doing wrong? Yep. And well, I'm not saying we all need to do that because that's our own personal journey with God. That's our own personal thing of being able to do that. But David realizes that God is everywhere. God knows everything. He knows him. He knows everyone around him. He knows our hearts. He formed us. He knows us. So David's saying, there's nothing else. Like God, like just take control. Yeah. Because you know it all. Like, John, lead me in the ways that you need to lead me. Put me to the people that I need to speak with. Search me, God, because I want to be able to live for you more. Mm-hmm. And so what I want us to know, what I want us to see is how this life of God, this way that we are talking about is one that is super important. And because it is one where to actually know who God is, to know that God is someone who does not leave us to know that someone is who partners with us um and there's a song i want to share with us mm-hmm. and the song um is called fishes and loaves and this song has kind of been on my heart a little bit lately um it's uh by a guy named josiah queen um but this song has been really on my heart but it talks about um giving things to god giving god control yeah and so i encourage you to go and listen to it um to listen to the words um is so so impactful um but what I hope everyone can get from this is just that God is with us and he knows us and that we can find comfort and it's not something to be scared of, but that yeah. it's, it's compassion filled. Mm, that's awesome. Thank you, Pastor Wes. And if you'd like to get in touch with Wes, you can reach him at wes at 
wingfleetbic.com and my email address is julie at wingfleetbic.com so we will see you back here next week for yep. one more and then we're taking a little pause over the christmas break and yep. we'll be back in the new year yes so we will have a great week and see you soon bye bye